So, so what's it like being back on the road these days? Is has it been a while? Is it anything different? And not that long. I mean, uh, the first um, last summer there were a few festivals, um, I... not many, but but there were a few. And then um, and then the big beginning of this year, um, I went out uh, as guests with the Undertones, right? Um, uh, and did a few shows with them, uh, and then some of my own, and then through, and then this summer it's been building up. So. Uh, but they reckon it's going to be quite a while before it it completely gets back on its feet. Um, you know, that, and because the the other thing is that all the people that had shows that were postponed, yep. they're all <laughs> putting them back in. So there's a there's an absolute kaleidoscopic plethora, if that's yep. the right expression, of gigs. You know, uh, available to people at the moment, and there there just aren't enough people uh, <laughs> available to go to all these shows you know so um i think everyone's taking a bit of a hit until next year really right 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 but for you uh, as a musician does it feel different to be uh, were you kind of pining to get back in front of people or did you enjoy the time yeah, off uh, oh yeah it was it was fabulous after the <laughs> um, lockdown and all that uh, it was fabulous to get get back out and do it again right uh, <laughs> excuse me <laughs> Um, yeah, it it was great. Um, a newfound sort of um, energy, energetic release, I suppose. Gotcha, gotcha. And I know you played all those, the uh, instruments on your new album. So, who, who you got playing with you in your band? What kind of uh, band do you tour around with? Well, it's the same band I had um, when I came to New Zealand in two thousand and eighteen. I think uh-huh. I came. Yeah. Um, uh, it's Windsor McGilvery on drums who. Uh, who I found when uh, he was 21 years old, he just graduated from college about 10 years ago. Right. And he stayed, uh, no, about 15 years ago. And he stayed with me about five, six years. Then he, then he took a break. Uh, and then he's, so he's come back. Right. Uh, uh, so that's nice to be back playing with him again. And, um, and the bass player is Pat Hughes, who uh, is a, 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 a friend of Windsor's who um they're both um they were both teaching at a college uh music college in Guildford funnily enough which uh-huh. is going full circle back to where the Stranglers started oh um, really and yeah and huh, um, I my uh I, believe it or not despite my American accent uh, my mother was English and she was from Midhurst which is near Guildford oh yeah yeah just down the road <laughs> yeah there That's you funny. go <laughs> so uh yes yeah, so, and Pat's great I mean uh-huh. um that's fitted in perfectly, um, and they've been—they've uh, been now. It's the, been the three of us now can, for a, about six years now. I think they. Oh yeah, they just told me they celebrated their hundredth. Well, Pat said he celebrated his hundredth show with me. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's going well. <laughs> Very good. Well, I was hoping we can touch on some of the songs and on your record. Well, first of all, tell me why you decide just is it easier for you just to do everything these days and it was it lockdown inspired or what what was the reason no, well, working what like happened, that? how it how it evolved into that was that um that the, my engineer um supremo uh phil andrews uh-huh. he uh started a long t- started a long time ago he originally was in my um in playing keyboards in my lineup after i left the stranglers uh-huh. And then I dropped the keyboards 
uh, but we stayed in touch. And he's a wizard at um, uh, at engineering. He's got a great pair of ears. So we started around about the time I did, um, which one was it? Hoover Dam, uh, an album called Hoover Dam. Uh, I did demos for that um, at home. And I asked him if he'd like to um, help me put them together. So uh, he did. And uh, so ever since Hoover Dam, we've been, I've been systematically um, uh, preparing demos for a new album before going into the studio and doing them and, and making the album with musicians, with a producer, whatever. Um, Because when, uh, when you're working with a producer, uh, they, they want to hear some new, what the new materials like. Sure. So it's hence the demos. So uh, we did that for Hoover Dam, and then I went in to, um, uh, uh, to to make that. And then uh, Totem and Taboo with Steve Albini, I I did the same thing. And slowly, you know, we got we got better and better at doing these demos. And, of course, there's only bass, drums, and guitar, so the drums were all, on these demos were always programmed. Right. And um, which we did together. Uh, and so we we evolved, kept going like that, and we did the album a totem with uh, Steve Albini with um, with the lineup then. Uh, and then when we were doing Monster, I was sending the demos to my manager, and he said, "Look, these are sounding fantastic. I, I don't want to take. I really don't want to take the chance of having to recreate these because right. <laughs> you might, yeah, you, know, you might lose something. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Standing, they're standing up on their own. Could you?" which was a surprise to me, you know, because we were only ever making demos. So he said, well, why don't, I said, what do you want me to do? And he said, well, why don't you try and finish them off as, as the finished thing? So, so we did. And that's how monster happened. Uh, but the keyboard, uh, the, not the keyboard, the, uh, the bass on, on uh, monster, a lot of it was uh, programmed. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was still in demo mode. So for this one, as I, I thought, well, it, it works. Don't fix it. Let's continue. It's going so well. Just me and Phil doing this. Yep. But this time I, I feel like playing the bass. So I played all the live, all the basses played live. You know, I played it all live and it made a big difference to helping it. I think it was, um, it, uh, it, I, cause I started out as a bass player and, uh, when I was at school, when I was a teenager. So, uh, so I and I enjoy doing it, and uh, and and a lot of the songs, not a, well, but, you know, some of the songs, a good p- many of the songs start out started out as bass riffs. You know, right. I mean, when I was in the Stranglers, uh, a lot of the songs started out as bass riffs from um, from John Burnell, so yep. uh, which I made into a song for him. So <laughs> um, so it was it 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 was. Um, it made a difference and it's and it seems to have turned out very well i mean it it <laughs> holds holds together very well with the live bass you know right uh so yeah so it, it's just been an evolution really to that stage where we've been i've been doing it all myself and i'm guessing when you're talking about live bass and the the title track is called moments of madness and it's kind of got a reggae vibe to it yeah so that was great so so tell me what, <laughs> yeah, how did that come about that was fantastic. Well, in fact, Moments of Madness, that 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 uh, the title track, that started out as a song, the first song I did for the new album, and it was called Dog Sitter, <laughs> and it was about a guy who looks after you know who looks after dogs. Yep. 
And I send it to my manager and he said, that's the worst thing you've ever done. It's horrible. <laughs> I can't possibly go on the new album. And I went, oh, dear. Back to the drawing board. So I took it away. But there were elements about it that I liked. You know, there were certain bits in it. The uh, the heavy riffy thing uh, uh, that comes in twice, once uh, halfway through and once at the end. Um, I like that. And I and I wanted to preserve that, so I I I took that and rewrote rewrote the song, and it turned into that. And I sent it to him then. He said it's it's great, it's fantastic. So so you know, it's good to take criticism, you know, from sure. people that you trust. Yep, <laughs> well, I was a bit worried because um, hearing that in here in New Zealand they have a thing uh, that's very popular. It's called uh, uh, kind of barbecue reggae, which is uh, it's kind of reggae light almost and it seems to be very popular and i was and i don't particularly like it <laughs> so i was like oh no i've never it. heard of that barbecue, yeah, barbecue reggae. reggae is it's a derogatory term there there are bands out there that like i think one of them is called lab they're huge here very popular and uh i'd never heard it until i moved to new zealand and i was like oh okay but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll have to look into that. That sounds very odd. <laughs> you may not want to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, does my uh, does my feeble attempt at reggae uh, qualify as a bit of barbecue reggae? Not think? at all. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and actually, oh, I'm pleased about that. Yeah, it was no, the uh... As soon as I heard the bass, I I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Oh really? They don't have the bait that. Well, they, bait it's just on. the way the bass kind of hangs, I guess. It's a, there. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And you got—that's the only track that you've got somebody else playing on a harmonica, right? Well, it's it's a harmonica sample, actually. Oh, okay. It's, uh, yeah, he—it's um, uh, a good, very, very long-standing friend of mine who used to play harmonica in bands in the '60s, and he's still around. And. Uh, on an album, um, uh, on an album a while ago called uh, Hi-Fi, uh, which was a few years ago, I um, I got him. He played harmonica on a couple of tracks, and so we went and uh, we needed a flavour of something at that point in the song. So I said, "Why don't we let's go back into the archives and see what we got?" And we opened up the files from um, from uh, uh, Hi-Fi, the album Hi-Fi. Uh -huh. And went into what he played on the harmonica on one of the tracks, and we grabbed one of the bits we didn't use. <laughs> ah, there you go. And so I had to tell him, you know, when I say, "By the way, uh, by the way, John, um, we've we've taken a bit of your harmonica from. I hope you don't mind. We've taken a bit of your <laughs> harmonica that we didn't use from that track. Do you mind?" And he said, "No, that's fine. That's fine." Not so, uh, yeah. Speaking of flavor, you have a song called Lasagna, which uh, yeah. has, has a very distinctive kind of Buddy Holly, not fade away kind of beat to it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know some of my songs are sort of fantasy exercises, but some are, are based in real life facts, and uh, <laughs> that is that is the truth. There is um, there are some friends of mine in Italian friends of mine that have become friends of mine who live in uh, Mexico where I go every year and um, for a while in the uh, after Christmas and uh, to write and uh, they uh, they produce this fantastic um, lasagna the uh, the lady of the couple um, she makes this amazing lasagna that is the best I've ever tasted ever in the world and uh, and uh, whenever I I 
I'm around, you know, want to go to out to eat with people down there, people yep. who are visiting or whatever. I I take them there, and everyone loves it. They think it's amazing too. So, uh, uh, in fact, one once she made it for about uh, eighteen people, which is ridiculous because she only makes it at home in a little, right. you know, oven at home, and she had to make en- enough for eighteen. And when Thank she you. came after <laughs> we sat and ate it at this uh, restaurant, we. Uh, we um we uh could get a table because they only run a gelateria you know for like two little tables outside (laughs) so we had to do it in a restaurant we found a restaurant that would let us go and do it friends of theirs and when she turned up she got a standing ovation from the (laughs) people that were at the table so it's 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 amazing stuff and um i said that i'd wanted to write a song about it and they thought i was joking right and uh and it's come to pass, you know. And, and um, music-wise, was the kind of not fade away beat uh, kind of associated? Do you associate that with kind of Mexico and Texas? Well, it's just it was, well. I mean, the word lasagna, you know, it, just, <laughs> it had to be called. It had to be called lasagna. Yeah. And when you think about it, it fits perfectly. <laughs> yeah, with you're that right. Beat. That's how it. That's how it came about. You know. <laughs> I love it. Very good. Uh, another one to touch on. Let me see. There, oh, you, uh, there was a song. Um, I'm just going to look at my notes here. Uh, oh, uh, looking for you, which uh, your your vocal on that was, if you don't mind me saying, reminded me a bit of Jim Morrison. So uh, is, is that a, a fair comparison? Well, that's. Uh, I'll take that as a compliment. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's got that flavor. You know, it's got a, a very mysterious flavor that song, and um, it just it just that's the way it went down. Um, uh, I, it's one of my fa- one of my personal favourites on there. I'm really fond of that song. Um, we're not doing it live at the moment, but we we will get round to it. I'm sure. I mean, all the songs are so easy to. That there's there's so little on all the on all the tracks. There's so little there. There's hardly you know, the bass, drum part, a complicated, you know, an intricate. I won't say complicated. I say intricate drum part, right. which important with the arrangements of the songs and um you know and very little there's hardly any guitar overdubs I, I deliberately wanted to make it as sparse as possible so that it 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 could be played live authentically you know um because i've 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 had my belly of trying to uh trying to play things from the past that have got oh lots of overdubs on them and um and how do you and and we got used to we've got used to playing this simplified uh, uh, live show. Uh, th- uh, we got used to it by um, uh, when I play Strangler songs in my set, you know, because we're not pl- carrying keyboards deliberately. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to. There's a lot of keyboards on those Strangler songs, so you yes. have to you have to listen to it and work out what are the what are the important things that the keyboards doing. The melodic melodic bits, or something rhythmically, or something, and then uh, and then try and find out a way of doing that with just the three of us, and we find a way of doing it uh, most of the time. And if we can't do it, we we don't we don't even do the song, and um, <laughs> attempt to play the song, and um, uh, and it's amazing what you can do uh, with with, uh, for example, with backing vocals. 
I mean, look at, uh, you must be familiar with The Who. Well, the I Who, believe I am, yes. <laughs> well, The Who turned backing vocals into another instrument, you know, right. the way that they, they were amazing, the way that they utilized the backing voices to create another instrument. So there's your fourth instrument. So you can gotcha. do it with voices. You can do it. I can sometimes play a lead piece uh, on the guitar or the bass can play, can incorporate it. You know, it's amazing what you can do. So So we got used to, simplifying stuff mm. with the three of us like that so it's it's sort of a step in that direction anyway right right and i noticed uh, speaking of your sets um you do kind of one set of uh, is solo material and then you do a second set of stranglers tunes is that uh, it, it, yeah it seems i mean when we're doing festivals of course you mix we it mix up. it up you know yeah. uh we do um we alternate them if we can um and and they the and the new songs and the Stranglers catalogue I'm I'm known for sits very well together. Well, it's got a common thread, you know me. Yeah, and, uh, so it should really. But um, it would be a surprising if it didn't. But yep. I mean, so so when we're doing a festival, we mix it up. But uh, but it it it's it sort of works like like this because it people when you mix it up, people people don't really uh, listen that carefully to my s solo uh, material right. whereas if when you put it in its own set its own its own st then it stands on its own yep and people can hear it uh, you know a properly you yep. know yep i can uh, undiluted otherwise you know, they're just waiting to hear golden brown or something well exactly like, yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> whereas you say uh, the first set's going to be that, so they know they they come and they're sort of tuned in for that before they we've even started, which which also helps, you know. So I I quite like it like that. It's not because I don't, you know, it, uh, that they could be mixed up, but but sure. it it, uh, it 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 highlights my solo stuff if I do it in its own set. Right, right. Uh, getting back to the solo stuff, I think uh, one of my favorites on the album is when I was a young man, which has got oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, punky vibe to it and yeah and yeah garagey yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> how are you feeling about aging i have a feeling you're probably of a similar vintage than i have so yeah i mean you can't you can't deny it and you just gotta try <laughs> and look after yourself and uh and you gotta um <clears throat> and you have to manage you know things you have to manage your health yep uh not, anything you any complaints you pick up along the way you're not going to get rid of them so you just got to mat. You could just got to manage them, you know, and uh, and you do that by by living your life uh, in a slightly different way to when you were really um, just just starting out. Yep. And I imagine when you were just starting out, you had no idea that at uh, at this point in your life, you'd still be doing this. And I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, I had no idea what I'd be doing. I thought I'd probably be dead. Right. So was there a point in your career where you're going, okay? This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. This is my my well, job. No, I did not really. I mean, I I because um, I always wanted a uh, I've always wanted to uh, to write yep. uh, books, you know. So I started doing that, <laughs> and uh, fortuitously, <laughs> fortuitously, I've had the time and the finances to be able to take time to do that. And I'll never make a fortune out of selling copies of my my novels. Right. But um, but it I'm I, I I've I'm able to do that, and that's that's a bonus. And I've also um, I'm I'm very involved. I'm very interested in in the cinema and, and movies. 
It's right. my, uh, it's my, my one of my getaways from music, and um, so uh, so I'm I'm getting increasingly involved in that as well, and uh, and so um, uh, you know that's another another they're they're they're, they're things. So I, d- I don't want to just be doing music for the rest of my life. I want to be doing other things as well. And I do this uh, podcast, uh, which um, I don't know if anyone in New Zealand knows about it. Maybe I can mention it. It's, Please do. Uh, sure. It's a podcast called Mr. DeMille FM. Ah, uh, I think I have heard of it. Named after Cecil B. DeMille. And it's, it's, it's movie-based, cinema-based. And it's all about, it's all about the cinema and uh, uh, programs um, have themes like uh, – uh, they might be the theme of the, the career of a director or the career of a, an, an actor, or it might be an interview with somebody. I've got interviews with Brian Eno, uh, with oh. um, David Putnam, um, Nick Moran, you know, actors, directors, people I bump into yep. in my travels. I uh, And I ask them to, uh, if they'll do an interview. And a lot of times they say yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so that's nice. Um <laughs> And it's been going for about two or three years now, and it's it's slowly, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger. It's all free at the moment. Uh, hopefully, how long may that last? And um, it takes a bit of work, but uh, again, it's another it's another escape. You know, you've got to have escape mechanisms from uh, to, to get away. If I was re- living and breathing music all the time, it would drive me mad. You know, I'd feel yeah, yeah. very very cut off from the world. So th- this other way. These are other ways that I can escape from the world. Gotcha. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. put me in touch with the world. It, it helps me get away from it a bit more. <laughs> so, so do you have a favorite film or director or era of well, it's, it's, I mean, my, my favorite film for many, many years was The Misfits. Oh, yeah. Which was okay. the last film of Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable and... Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, and then and Eli Waller was the last remaining mem- Montgomery Cliff. This last film as well, right, right. And that that's a fabulous. It's just ticks all the boxes that film. Um, so it, you've got to go a long way to beat that one. Uh-huh. And do you mix any of that uh, film interest in music videos that you've done over the years? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've done. Uh, there's one for uh, I made for. Um, I want one of those. Which is uh, starts off in a in a, clo- a a curiosity shop in London, right? And the guys and I put on a, a cowboy outfit and step it through the door and, and go into and we went to Spain to uh, and he ends up in a shootout with a guy uh, his nemesis you know uh, yep so that sort of spaghetti western tribute you know oh. funny <laughs> and, that's and on I'm- YouTube that one. I'll have to check it out. Yep, definitely. And, and I don't know if you're aware of this, and I, maybe you don't care, but uh, I believe it's the 50th anniversary of the release of Lou Reed's uh, Transformer album is coming up tomorrow. Was that an is album? Is that right? I know it's hard to believe, uh, 50 years, but I was wondering if that is an album that has any uh, impact on you. And- oh, it was, uh, yeah, what a fantastic album. You know, it's great. It, groundbreaking, you know, and uh, Bowie's involvement uh, made a big difference. Yep. And, um no, it was uh, lots of great songs, you know, and it's all down. To, it just shows you if you got a if you got good songs, you know, you can't go wrong, really. And uh, uh, it's a shame that not many more people are right at going back to writing classic great songs. You know, it's um, there's a uh, after we had house music, um, it's sort of songwriting's fallen away as a as a quality one of the qualities of of good music and. Um, 
uh, it's not so sounds not so important these days as the way it sounds or something, uh-huh. you know, or this sort of textures. People aren't, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, songs can be, you know, uh, praised again and uh, held in high esteem, and people can aspire to writing gr- great songs because that's what I try and do. Yeah, although I got I got to laugh because uh, um, people were saying the same thing about punk basically in the in the 70s you know oh why don't they write some decent songs instead of this you know crap that the ramones and the sex pistols and the clash are doing yeah. so you know, and you were well first. but some of those some of those pistol songs and some great songs know, thank, yeah. thanks to glenn matlock and, yep. and yep. thanks and some of those ramones songs are classics i, yes. I think classic songs just because yep. they're simple just because they're simple they can still be great you know yeah and I, I see the damned are back together and touring. Have you, have you caught that? That's right. No, I haven't. I, I I could have gone last week, but I was in production rehearsals. They uh, they're doing very well. I, I I go back a long way with them. They uh, Brian James, the original guitarist, he used to uh, live with uh, his girlfriend in a flat right next to mine when I was uh, staying with friends. Uh, when the Stranglers first started in London, and uh, when we moved to London, and uh, I used to end up bump, uh, going and doing my laundry at the same time as Brian, and we used to catch up in the laundrette laundromat uh, on all the gossip. You know, it's right? funny. Yeah, and did did you feel like you were a part of that scene along with them? Because the Stranglers kind of were sort a little of. bit outside it because of the keyboards yeah. and the the kind of yeah. psychedelic aspect yeah, but, of it. But but off stage, you know, and out of the public domain. We sort of felt part of it, and we were, you know, we knew most of the people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Very good. All righty. So, do you have any plans on coming back to New Zealand anytime in the near future? Well, there it's it's been bandied we about to come. <laughs> we were due to come um, down under, uh, you know, incorporating Australia. So we were due uh, uh, next spring, you know. Um, right. Uh, but then our promoter. F- uh, discovered that the stranglers were due to be going down yes they just announced that like yesterday (laughs) yeah and uh and uh, he didn't want to he didn't want to run us against them but i thought it i think it would have been great as long as we weren't in the same town on the same night it would have been it would have probably been great for both both of us (laughs) so it would have increased the the whole publicity you know one plus one equals five it would have been you know (laughs) uh but so he's uh, so it's going to be put back. It's been put back, and um, I think we're probably in a year's well, at least a year. You know, it maybe it'll be the spring of twenty four, but we'll get there. Cool, cool. All righty. Well, in, thank you for spending all this time talking with me. I really appreciate it. And uh, no problem. Glad to hear the tour is going well because uh, you know everybody's kind of a little uneasy about getting a lot of people are not everybody uh, about, about getting, going out about getting back on the saddle again yeah <laughs> yeah what about go- actually going to the concerts yes there's some the of that audience. yeah audience and and uh, uh, performers i think on on either side yeah. nobody quite knowing if it's uh, like it used to be or not so yeah well i mean uh, the sooner they get on they get get back on the saddle the sooner they realize that it's uh, it's fine, you know, and it's yep. uh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fine. It's yeah. gonna be fine. <laughs> All righty, very good. Right, well, Marty, I've I've got to move to, on to another one now. So, okay. uh, nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you. Thank you very much. Good luck <laughs> Take care. See you right in a, see you in New Zealand. Bye. Yes, sir. <laughs> right. Bye bye.